I want you to know this. If you're just joining us for the very first time ever, you were made for more. You were made for more. You, you weren't made to just exist. You weren't made to just get by. You weren't made to survive. You were made to live a full life, an abundant life, a life that's overflowing. The reason why I know that is because the Bible tells me so. The Bible tells me, there's a little song that we, that we used to sing and it said, part of the words said, this I know because the Bible tells me so. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, the Bible says this, for I know the plans I have for you, West Beecham. I know the plans I have for you, little Luca, who we're gonna dedicate in a few moments. And Graham, I know the plans I have for you. Like I know the plans I have for Noah Riggs in here today. I know the plans I have for Chase. I know the plans I have for even you. In the front row. God's got a plan for you in here today. I know the plans I have for Ryan and, and David and Carrie. And I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And they're not just mediocre plans. They're incredible plans. Here's the plans. God gives you the plans. Here they are. They're for good. God wants good things to happen in your life. He really wants good things to happen in your life. God, didn't, God doesn't design bad things. God doesn't design the terrible things that we see in this world. God designs good things. The reason why I know that is because the Bible tells me that he designs good things and, and he's not designing disaster in your life. If you've had some disaster in your life, that wasn't God's plan for your life. That wasn't God's design for your life. Things didn't go the way you thought they should go. That was not God's plan because God does not design disaster. He's, his plan for you is a future. It's a bright future. It's an incredible future. And it's a, it's a plan of hope. God wants you to have a hope for life. He wants to fill you up with hope so you have hope inside your life. You were made, you were made for more. We've studied the last four weeks. My whole four, last three weeks, I've tried to convince this community that they were made for more. So we learned a couple things. If you're joining us for the very first time, I'm going to catch you up. Here's the first one. You were made to know God. Every single one of you in here today, you were made to know, you were made to know who God is. God wants you to know him. And here's the deal. You need to know him. Every single one of us, you have this thing in your heart, there's a void in your heart, and the only thing that can fill it is a relationship with Jesus. But instead of, if we don't know that, we try to find a bunch of things that will satisfy the hole that's inside of our, that's inside of our heart. God wants you to know that you were made to know him. Here's the second thing we learned is that you were made to find freedom. You were made to find freedom. We know this about our lives. Life happens. I was listening to a podcast this week. We don't get to stop life from happening to us. But here's the, every single one of us, you've experienced our hurt or a habit or a hangup. Every single one of us in here today, we're all in good company because we've all experienced our hurt or a habit or a hangup. Every single one of us in here today, we've experienced that. But here's what God wants you to know, that you were made to find freedom. You were made to find freedom. God wants you to have freedom from that struggle. He wants you to have freedom from that habit or that hurt or from that thing. Some terrible things have happened to you, but God wants you to experience freedom from that, from that thing. And then last week we learned this, God made you on purpose for purpose. You have a purpose. Just say it in your mind, I have a purpose. I have a purpose. You have a purpose. You gotta figure out what that is. You gotta figure out what that purpose is. But every single one of you guys in here, God designed you on purpose for purpose. And the reason I know that is because Jeremiah 29, verse 11, the Bible says, I've got a purpose for you. You were made on purpose for purpose. God has a purpose for your life. And the way you find that is being faithful and being obedient. God's gonna develop, God's gonna show you the purpose that he has for your life. And we want to end this week with, on this idea of you were, you were made not just to know God, and, and you are, and, and, and a lot of people know God, but they don't have freedom. But we want to make sure that you find freedom. We, we have groups. You can get into a community group and get around some people like you to help you find freedom. You know, Jesus, Jesus saves us from all of our sins, and we're thankful for that. He gives forgiveness, but people in our lives help us to heal. People help us find freedom, and he wants you to find freedom. He wants you to discover your purpose. And then last but not least, God wants you to go out, and he wants you to make a difference. You were made 
to make a difference. I heard someone say uh, this week, he said, the greatest failure in life is to be successful at things that don't matter. The greatest failure in life is to be successful at things that don't matter. You know, I, I, was, I was listening to this podcast. When people get to the end of their life, they don't say this. I wish I would have spent more time investing into my 401k. I'm not against 401k. In case you just heard the sound bite. They don't say, you know what I really wish I would have did? I wish I would have been really, really good at my, my gift. I wish I, would have been a, I wish I would have been a better crocheter. Like I wish I could have just really got good at crocheting. I really wish that I really would have worked on the underwater basket weaving. No one says that. They said, man, I wish I would have made a difference. I wish I would have made a difference. The rich, the rich people say this. I heard this, this recently that, um, that the, um, the, my, my, blank, my mind's um, drawn a blank, but the, the guy that designed Tesla, basically he says, I've, I've achieved, I have achieved everything. I have got so much, he said, but still, I'm still lonely. I'm still lonely. I still, I'm still missing something. Can you imagine going your whole entire life achieving, 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 get to the very end of your life and say, you know what, I'm, I'm really lonely and I never made a difference? You would think de- developing technology of that great and of that, of that, massive, uh, of, of that massive technology, you would think that guy, he, he's made a difference. But he said, you know, I've made it my whole life and I really didn't make a difference. The rich people say this, I wish everybody could be rich so everyone could find out that rich doesn't make you happy. Man, that's what the rich people say. And so, man, that's what they're telling you. I, I can't say it to you. It makes sense to you because I've never been there before. You know what I'm saying? But I do know this. If the rich, if the rich people in the world say this, I wish everybody could be rich so they could understand that money won't make you happy. What makes us happy is that we live a full life that we're out there making, we're out there making a difference. If you have a Bible, flip open to Matthew chapter 25. I want to share something with you. One of the passages of scripture that I've used, <clears throat> that I've used a lot in, in my ministry. Um, we, we started off in Matthew chapter 25 last week, and God said, hey, keep that going. Keep that thought going. There's some more things I want you to keep on reading. So I want to share a thing with you. This is about the end time. This is about the end time. And if you read the scriptures and you watch the news, you'll see that when you read the scriptures and, you, and, you, and then you read the news, read Revelation, you'll see a lot of the end times. You'll see that out there in, our, in, in society say, it looks, we are in the last days. Now, I don't know if that's going to be for another 200 years. I hope not. I'm ready for God to come back before my daughters and all my kids get to high school. Like, if he can come back then, that would be cool. So we got about four more years. So whatever you got to do, get it all in in four years. I'd be okay if he came back then. I'm not ready for a high schooler. You know what I'm saying, Yvette? I, I don't, I'm not ready for a high schooler. I, I, I don't need to raise a high school. I, I want to get to where I'm at, maybe get to, get to seventh or eighth grade and be like, all right, God, I'm good. I feel the towel in. <laughs> These young families are going to they're gonna, um, dedicate their, their babies today. And I, I'm, I'm looking at them, and I'm thinking about them saying, like, oh, I wish I could get some sleep. You're going to wish they quit talking back in a few years. It's, it's going to be, it gets worse. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's usually where, like, the best is yet to come. But I can't say that for you guys for now. It's going to be terrible until they're about 25, and then they're going to honor you, and they're going to respect you, and they're going to worship you. And they're going to say, oh, thank you for all the advice. But until then, you guys don't know Jack. And so it's going to be awesome, okay? So just be smile. Every single day, about five times, because I have twins, I hey, I hear this about five times a day. Dad, can you come wipe my butt? That's basically my life now. I'm just a professional butt wiper. My son said to me the other day, the seven-year-old, he goes, Dad, can you wipe my butt? I said, no, I'm not. I already have to do it two times for four-year-olds. I'm not doing it for you. You're on your, you're on your own. So I want to let you know the best is yet to come, but it's just a long way down the road. You know what I'm saying? And all the parents are like, he's preaching truth today. Like, come on. Matthew chapter 25, the end time. The end, the end is the end is the end is coming to a near. It's coming to, a, to to the near to the end. It's coming to the end, and the Bible says this in Matthew chapter twenty-five. Um, 
I'll make sure I'm reading the right verse in here. 25, and we're in, yeah, verse 31, perfect. The Bible says this, but when the Son of Man comes in his glory, we believe in a second coming of Christ, he's gonna come back again, and all the angels are gonna come with him, and then he will sit on his glorious throne, and all the nations he will gather in his presence, and he will separate the people as a shepherd separates his sheep from the goats, he will place the sheep on his right hand and the goats on his left hand. He's going to separate the people who know Christ and the people who don't know Christ at the very end. That, that's, that happens. Either you, you know, at the very end, you know Christ or you don't know Christ. That's what happens at the very end of our life because at some point we're all going to die. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says this. It's appointed for man to die once. The number one statistic that's 100% right all the time is this, that we all die. When we die, there's judgment, okay? And God separates the right from the left, the sheeps from the goats. That's what God does. That's why it's only his job to judge. We don't have to judge anybody. There's only one judgment. It comes at the very end of life, and Jesus does it. He says he placed them left and right. Verse 34, the king will say to those on the right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. He goes, hey, those of you guys on my right, you guys come on in. Come on into the place I'm preparing you. John chapter 14, the Bible tells us this, that God says to his disciples, hey guys, I gotta go. I'm leaving. I'm going to prepare a place for you. So right now, God's not here on this earth. It's tricky. It's called the Trinity. God's in heaven on the throne. To the right of him is a, is a man named Jesus, who is also God. But on the earth, the, the third part of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Jesus can't fit inside of you. I don't know how tall he is, but he's five something and he, he can't fit inside of you because some of you guys, you're, 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 you're shorter than God. God to be sticking out of you. You know, that little story of the Bible is like, God, how does Jesus live inside of me? And he's like, he can't fit inside of me. And, and the parent began to explain the, to the young child about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can live inside of you. My twins yesterday said to me, um, they were in the car and, 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 um, and one of the, 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 the boy twin, the boy and the girl, right? And um, the, the boy says to me, um, Dad, is God in this car? I said, yeah, he's in this car. And Stay looked at him, the little four-year-old, and she goes, I told you so. They were so excited. They were like, dude, God is in this car. I cannot believe God's in And we got to be excited like a four-year-old. Sometimes we lose that kind of faith. We lose that excitement. We forget that God doesn't have to happen at church. God can happen in your car. God can happen at your home. God can happen at your workplace. God can happen anywhere. God is omnipresent, means he is everywhere. He's all-powerful. He's omnipotent. He's, every, he's, he's omniscient. He's, he's all-knowing. He's all-powerful, and he's everywhere. That's the God we serve. He's coming back again. And he says, those on the right, come on in. He's, this is what he says to them. Here's the qualifications. For when I was hungry, you on the right, the sheep, these sheep over here, the ones, when I was hungry, you guys, you fed me. And when I was thirsty... You gave me a drink, and when I was a stranger, you invited me into your home. I was hungry, you gave me food. I was thirsty, you gave me water, and I didn't have a home, and you invited me into your home. There was a time when I was naked, and you gave me clothing. Thank you. And I was sick, and you gave me some, you gave me some cough medicine. You cared for me. I was in prison, and you visited me. I'm going to ask you a question here today, saints, and those of you guys that would call yourself a follower of Christ, the sheep in here in the story, he's like, have you ever invited someone into your home? Have you, ever fed the, have you ever fed the homeless? Have you ever put a jacket on someone who was cold? Have you ever given water to someone who needed water 
In Jesus' name, have you ever stopped on the side of the road? Hey, can I help you out, my friend? Have you ever gone up to your neighbor's house and said, hey, can I take your, can I take your trash can down for you today? Or, hey, have you ever gone to your neighbor's house? Hey, can I, help you rake, can I help you rake your leaves? Or have you ever said, hey, can, your car's not working. Can I, can I jump your car with my, my jumper cables? Have you ever did something to help somebody? Because the Bible says that matters. Have you ever, have you ever reached out to someone and said, hey, I heard you, were, I heard you weren't doing okay. Can I, can I help you? Can I, can I help be a part of helping you? And can I serve you in some way? Because it matters, and I know it matters because the Bible tells me it matters. Verse 37 says this, then these, then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, <clears throat> when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? Or thirsty and give you something to drink? Or when, you were, when were you a stranger and when did we show you hospitality? Or when were you naked and we gave you clothing? And when do we ever see you sick or in prison and visited you? Because I don't remember that. Like, Jesus, I mean, you can heal yourself last time I checked. And if you needed water, you could give yourself water. If you needed food, you turned five, you turned a, a little five Happy Meals into feeding over 15,000 people. So we know that you can do incredible things. When were we ever naked? When do you ever need clothes? And Jesus says to these, these people, verse 40, And the king will say to you, I tell you the truth. Whenever you did it to the, one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it unto me. Whenever you did this, whenever you did that to someone else, you were actually doing it, you were doing it unto me. Some of you guys, you can't resonate with this, but some of you guys in here today, some of you more esteemed and older, but there was a day in our country where if somebody was walking on the side of the road, we would stop and pick them up, and it was okay to do that. Now, you millennials don't try that. You wouldn't know what to do. It would just, it would, it would, it, don't do that. I don't recommend that. If you're a single lady, don't be like, I want to be like Jesus. So I'm going to let this guy who I don't know, don't do that. <clears throat> but there was a day when we would do that. Yeah, hop in the back. There was, there was a day when that was a, a normal thing to pick someone and say, hey, let me, let me help you. I remember my mom saying, hey, slide over. Like there were six of us in a car. There's nowhere to slide over, mom. She's like, we're going to give this guy a ride. I'm like, that's cool. We're going to be the news for the, the lady who got her, all her six kids killed because she gave a hitchhiker a ride. There was a day when we would do that. And the Bible says whenever you did that to those people, you did it unto me. You did it unto, you did it unto me. That was me that you picked me up. That was me that you gave food for. That was me that you, you gave water to. The king will return to those on the left and goes, hey, now it's your turn. Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me, and I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink, and I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me no clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't even visit me. Now, some of you guys are getting nervous right now because you're like, yo, this is, this is tough today. Like, Wes, just talk about John 3.16. That feels a lot better. <laughs> the Super Bowl's next week. It'll be the most Googled verse next week. John 3.16 will, will be next week because some guy will be in that stadium. It was appointed before time for someone always to be in those football stadiums on foot Super Bowl with that sign that says John 3.16. Like, how does that guy, oh, he's always there. He's always there. That verse will be Google. Wes, I like, I like for by grace you're saved through faith, not of works, lest any man should. I like that verse, Wes. That, was, that verse preaches to me better than, than this right here. And so I think a lot of times when you read scripture, if you don't get full context, then you can be sideways. There are a lot of people out there, they develop their own thought, theology by partial context. Partial context will give you incorrect theology. 
And so for some of you guys here today, and it's hard, to, it's hard for me to do these messages, and I always hate when and we live in a society now where everything is, everything is live, and we're on stories, and we're on Instagram, and all these things, and it's like, if you listen to the first part of this message, you're like, yo, this guy is, that's one of those brimstone fire churches where like everyone's dying to go into hell if they don't just sit in their house and read their Bible only. <laughs> and we're not that. I want to give you full context, okay? So don't get nervous. Let's keep on... Let's keep on reading. So I wanted to give you a lesson today. There's a thing called full context. You want to make sure you get the whole entire context. The Bible says this. <clears throat> you gave me nothing, and you, I was sick and in prison. You didn't even visit me. Verse 44. Then they will pro- reply, the same reply that the sheep had, the same reply that the goats had. So there's a, there's a difference there. He says here, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick, or in prison, and when did we not help you? And God says, I'm glad you asked, and he will answer them. I tell you the truth. Whenever you refuse to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you refuse to help me. You refuse to help me. Whenever you didn't, whenever you didn't go out and, and help those people, you were saying, God, I don't want to help you, God. You don't need my help, God. Whenever you didn't want to give that you didn't want to give that food to that, that homeless person or whatever. You didn't want to give that money to the homeless person. He's like, well, they're going to take that money and they're going to go and buy booze with it because I've been there before. I don't, want to, I don't want to do that. And so for those of you guys, like, let me give you, this has nothing to do with context. But listen, if you have a problem with that, go to KFC and buy them a hot meal and bring it to them. I remember, um, I, I remember my, my wife, the, the Ponces are here today. They're going to dedicate their little baby today. And they watched my first kid. Um, she has a name. Her name is Hope. My first kid's name is Hope. Last two, they don't get a name. They watched her. And I remember one time my wife was coming on I-4 and she got off on, on Michigan right there to go to, the, to their home. And, and there was a homeless guy that always camped out there. And my wife's like, I'm going to help this guy today. And she reaches over to the car and she goes, hey, sir, I don't have any money, but I got some donuts. The guy says, well, what kind are they? <laughs> so my wife called me. He's like, hey, you won't believe what happened. I got in my car. I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I wanted to go let that guy know what was up. You know what I'm saying? She goes, he, she, she goes, oh, right here, I don't like any of those kind. And Dinah said, well, you ain't that hungry. <laughs> Facts, you know what I'm saying? Facts. We've done a lot of homeless ministry. Tyler will be up here in just a moment. And we've done a lot of, we've walked downtown, down in downtown Orlando. We've made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. We've done a lot of things to help people. We've had a lot of conversations. One of the things that we decided, we weren't just going to drop off food to these homeless people. We were going to sit and have a caring conversation with them. This next verse says in 46 this, the Bible says, those people that will never help me, they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. Now here's the deal, here's, about the, here's the context. Here's what I get from that passage of scripture, and here's what you can get, take a picture of it on your phone. Serving is a sign of salvation. Serving is a sign of salvation. So you're like, oh, I don't wanna go to hell. In this passage of scripture, nobody wants to go to hell. I mean, some people don't care if there's a heaven. Some people don't believe in heaven. Some people don't believe in hell. But here's what I know. There's a real heaven. There's a real hell. And at the end of the day, God's going to say to you, did you go out and did you make a difference? And if you went out and made a difference, the only reason why you went out and made a difference is because you were saved. It wasn't because you were a good person, because you're not a good person. There isn't one, not one of you guys in here today is a good person. You're like, I don't like this church. It's okay. I'm, I'm the worst. I like the apostle, apostle Paul said this. Paul said, I'm the worst sinner. And I feel like that sometimes. I feel like I'm the worst sinner. I don't have it all together. I'm not perfect. I'm not batting a thousand all the time. No one here does that. The closest person I know to Jesus is Diana. And not even her, not even she is perfect. 
my mom in here is in here today, and everyone say, man, your mom is the nicest lady I've ever met. I'm like, I know, but she's never, she's never spanked you before, so I can't say that about her. My mom used to sit, my mom, whenever we had mouth off to my mom, we were sitting next to her, she would, if we talked trash to her, my mom, and we were driving, she would hit the brakes, nobody in front of us, and she would swing her fist, and she would put a ring indention into your chest. Today, that's child abuse. Back then, that was freaking good parenting. And I'm all for bringing back freaking good parenting. You know what I'm saying? Put your ring through your kid's chest. I guarantee they won't talk back as much. I'm from the old school. My dad would say this. I brought you into this world, and I will take you out. And with my dad, you knew that he wasn't afraid to take you out. Mr. Officer, I don't know what happened to him. Last thing I remember was he talked back, and then he was dead. That's all I remember. Here's what I know. Serving is a sign of salvation. If you have Christ inside of you, if you know who God is and you found freedom and you discovered your purpose, you go out and you make a difference. Serving is a sign of salvation. My question for some of you guys in here today, or the next thing I want you to take a picture is, are you going to be a participator or a spectator? Are you going to be a participator or are you going to be a spectator? Because you can't do both. Next week in the big game, so there are going to be people that are going to be playing in the game, participators, and there's going to be people in the stands wishing that they, would, they could go out there and they can compete. There's only two kinds of people next week. I'll be watching the game. That's where I'm going to be at. The guys on the field, they squat 400 pounds. The guys on the field, they can bench 500 pounds. The guys on the field, they practice every single day since they were 9 years old, 10 years old. They put a lot of work in. My question for you today is, are you putting work in for the kingdom? I want to put work in for the kingdom. When I get to the end of my life, I'm not going to say, man, I had more in the tank. I'm not going to have any more in the tank when I get to the very end of my life. I refuse to have more in the tank. I'm going to get there and I'm going to work my bottom off. I'm going to be a hard worker. I know I'm using Tyler as a lot, as a lot of my illustrations today, but his, his dad's here today. And they own a family company. And that kid's worked hard his whole entire life because his dad's old school. If, there's a verse in the Bible that says, if you don't work, you don't eat. That guy took that verse literal. He made that kid's worked his whole entire life. That's all he's ever known is to work hard. Are you going to be a participator? Or are you going to be a spectator? Some of you guys are like, I hate the New England Patriots. And that's okay. That, this, that's not about this message in here today. It's not what I'm talking about. The, the Saints should be there, by the way. The Saints should be there tomorrow. It should, next thing, it should be the Saints versus the Patriots. I'm just saying that's just, that's a freebie. People are like, oh, it's not over until it's over. You're with me. I know we got, I got, we got two Saints fans in here only. Are you going to be a participator? Or are you going to be a spectator? Are you going to work your bottom off? Or are you, you going to take it easy your whole entire life? And just, and just cruise control this thing? I'm going to make it to the very end. I'm going to make it unscathed. I'm going to make it through healthy. Or are you going to participate? If you participate, you're going to have to get dirty. You're going to have to get dirty. You're going to have to wake up on Christmas sometimes and take your kid and your little daughter on Christmas Day, Thanksgiving Day, and your little brother and your daughter, and you just you go get sausage biscuits from Burger King and a case of water, and you just go hand out balls of water, and you give out sausage biscuits. That's what you do on Christmas. There's Thanksgivings where we haven't spent Thanksgiving with our family because we decided we're going to go feed the, we're going to go feed the homeless people on Thanksgiving. You're going to have to get dirty if you're going to do this thing. You're going to have to get dirty. Um, I, I love uh, Debbie and Debbie and Amy. Uh, there's a picture of them today, and. I think a lot of times we don't want to do things that aren't, that, that we don't get, we don't get, a, we don't want to do things sometimes if we're not going to get accolades. These two ladies right here, I love them to death. You want to know why? Because they're not spectating. 
They're not, oh, you could say, oh, they're, they're stay-at-home moms or they're stay-at-home wives. No, they're, they're making their life, they're making a difference. They're making a difference. They went to the school this, this week to drop off gift cards. We, this Maxi Elementary, we dropped off 50, uh, we dropped off 55, 55 gift cards to those teachers. Let those teachers know there's a church that loves them. Because you can't say you love people if you don't put your money where your mouth is. And at this church, we put our money where our mouth is. We could have saved a lot of money by now. We probably could be in the building by now, but we've given away so much stinking money. Because Jesus says when we get to end life, he's not going to say, hey, Wes, you built an awesome, good-looking church. That church is beautiful, Wes. Congratulations, man. The way you did the design in there, the paint, the acoustics, man, you guys did a incredible job. God's not going to say that. God's going to say, man, that is awesome the way you guys spent your lives for the kingdom in that city. When they got there, they said, there's 30 families here that are going to go without dinner this week if we don't get pasta for them and lunch without them if they don't have any peanut butter and jelly. So those ladies called me and said, hey, can we get peanut butter and jelly? And can we get um, peanut butter and jelly? Can we go get pasta for you? So I said, absolutely. Two hours later, I don't know what they did between now and then. My text, I, was, I got back in the door like, hey, where are you guys at? We're at Aldi. I met them at Aldi, and these ladies went there, and they're taking their time. They're taking their energy, and they're doing things that matter. They're making a difference. Then they get there, with the, they, they say, hey, you want to go help us? And this is a super, super honest honest, transparent moment, right? This is the kind of pastor we have. Debbie goes, hey, Pastor West, she's always smiling. I'm like, dude, would you quit smiling? She's like, hey, do you want to go with us to help us deliver it? On the inside, I was saying, heck no, I don't want to go deliver it. I'm busy. It's Friday. It's my day to relax. That's my day where I don't have no meetings. I just work out and hang out by myself. My favorite person in the world is me. And I, I, it's just me and Jesus. And they're like, you want to go with us? And I was like, no, I don't want to go with you guys. But on the, on the outside, I went, yes, I want to go with you guys. I can't wait to go help serve. These guys do exactly the food pantries out. There's, there's families in this city right now. Can you believe there's families that you can't even buy it's pasta and noodles. And I'm complaining about a 21-day fast. I'm going to spend my life. I'm going to participate. Those ladies, they don't, they don't they, no accolades needed. These ladies went out and they bought themselves some cute black T-shirts. They went, oh, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I've been waiting for someone to shout me down. I would, I would have said amen a long time ago. They went and got these cute little shirts. They went out and got Hope Church embroidered on them. They're just, they, don't even, they don't even need my help. Like, we're going to go, we're going to go make a difference. We don't need West to make a difference. We don't need Hope Church to make a difference. We're going to go out and make a difference. And in this room here today, you can go out and make a difference. You can go out and make a difference. Every single one of you guys in here today. One more picture. Tyler's eyes are already, already sweating a little bit. Let me go make him sweat a little more. This guy right here, look at this goober. Look at him. I'm so glad he's grown up. He's better looking now, Lee. Thank God. I mean, he, he was rough back then. This guy right here, we're going to dedicate his baby today. But can I tell you what I know about that young man? He's not, there he's 16 or 17. He's not 16 or 17 no more. For the last 12 years of my life, I've done as much as I could to pour in that kid for the last 10 or 12 years. On his best days, his worst days, for 12 years I poured into that kid. And I'm, because I want my life to count. But you know what I, what I know is numerically, I may die before him. That's why I'm gonna spend all of my sweat equity, my time equity, my money. I'm gonna pour it into people because when I die, I don't care what happens to my money. I wanna know that my, my, my ministry is gonna last a lot longer because I poured into people like that. And let me say this to you right here. This is a little bit a step further. <clears throat> Some people, they're, they're, you got to make a difference. You got to go out and make a difference. This guy has made a difference in my kids' lives, all of them. He's made a difference in, in all four of my kids' lives. I bought my first house. 
you don't even know if your dad knows this yet, but one time you were out of town, Mr. Lee, and I had to, we had to tear carpet out of my house. He's like, y'all, take my dad's truck. Just don't tell my dad we're going to put all that carpet in the back of his truck. We loaded his dad's truck up full of carpet rolls, trying not to scratch it up, trying for him not to notice that we scratched it up. I'm sure we scratched it up some. I'm sorry about that. We're in church now, so I'm asking for forgiveness. But, man, we've been, we've been in Nairobi, Kenya together, serving people that we'll never, ever see again, that we'll never see this side of eternity. We raised money. That young, man, that young man right there, he said, hey, we, we wanted to put, we had a youth room across the, off, across the, the, the town, and we wanted to put a wood floor on, in that youth room. And he said, well, we can do it. We can do it. I said, what's your plan? He goes, I'm going to ask my dad for the money. I said, that's a great plan. Let's go ask him. <laughs> that family, <clears throat> the Potts family, they've, they've, they've done more for me. They've, they've, they've watched my kids. They've poured in, I'm just going to go and say it. They've poured in so much money and time into, into everything I've ever done. They've sent kids to camp for me. They've helped me start this church financially. But that kid's made a difference his whole entire life. And today we're going to see his, 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 he just served. He's faithful and he's faithful and he's faithful. And he's not getting, re- I believe this, you don't just get rewards when you get to heaven. I believe you get rewards on this earth too. I believe you get rewards on this earth too. I believe that with all my heart. With all my heart. Son's getting antsy. That means I gotta wrap this message up. I'm gonna invite the rest of the band to come on up. We're gonna worship God, but I got one more point for you, okay? Serving is a sign of salvation. Be a participant in our spectacle. And this last one. Make a difference here and you'll make a difference there. That's one of those pastor points where you're like, what does that even what does that even mean? It looked really good on paper. Don't know if it'll sound really good when you or you got it. Here's what I know. Some of you guys are some of you guys in your day, you've been at this church for a long time and you're not making a difference here. You've been here three years, two years, one year, six months. Here's what I know. If you make a difference here, you'll make a difference there. Here's the deal. I don't know where there is for you. I don't know where, you're, I don't know where your there is. I don't know where, I know where my there is. It's all these businesses in this city. If I make a difference here, it's, it's just what I'm used to doing, that when I go out there, I'm gonna make a difference out there too. Here's what I've, I've known my whole time. I've always wanted to do the right thing when no one was looking. I always want to do the right thing when people were looking because that makes a difference. I always want to make a difference in the house of God. When you make a difference here, you'll make a difference out there. I know that. If you show me someone here today that's making a difference, I will show you someone who's making a difference at their, at their work. We, searched, we heard stories last night from, from Nelson and, and Annie. They're making a difference here. I know they're making a difference out there. Got on Facebook because he had to, because the church made him get on Facebook. And now he's using his Facebook as an opportunity to let people know that God loves them. It's not a bad, it's a good tool. It's a really good tool. If we don't abuse it, if it doesn't hijack all of our time. If you make a difference here, I know you'll make a difference there. I know you'll make a difference there. Amy and Debbie are making a difference here. I don't worry about what, I don't worry about. When the kid say, hey, we wanna do this. I'm like, yes. I don't even ask them how much it costs. I'm like, yes, we're gonna do that. Kids don't eat, we're gonna, that's a problem. That's a problem. We're gonna, that's a problem that we're always gonna, we're gonna get involved in. The Bible says we're supposed to take care of the least of these. We're supposed to do that. Every 37 seconds. Well, I don't wanna get into that. I, I, it isn't about politics, but there are a lot of people, there's a lot of injustices that are out in this world and we're just gonna be a part of helping stop them. We're not gonna talk about them. 
yesterday, this, this fine couple here, they were, they were learning about human, about sex trafficking, modern day slavery. That's a problem. These guys are making a difference here. I have no, I have no doubt in my mind that they're making a difference there. Why don't you plug in here, friends? If you're here, we're, man, we're giving away everything we have. All of our effort and energy, we're putting in here. The groups that we have, we don't have enough group leaders. That stinks. We've got more people signed for groups than we have groups for. Every Sunday for 13 weeks, the groups are only every other week for 13 weeks, six times. I got to do a group. I get to do a group every single Sunday. I'm doing two groups on Sundays. Every other week is a different group. My Wednesday group is filling up. I'm going to have to do two Wednesday groups. Some of you guys can lead and serve, but this is a good place to do that. We got a group that's maxed out already. We already have people lined up to lead the group next time. That's why we need 40 more leaders because we need more people to lead the groups. We have groups that our house can't fit any more people in there. We don't want to tell you, hey, you can't come find freedom. We can't, we don't have a group for you. Plug in here. The next time we have next steps is in March. Don't wait till then. Come next week, come Saturday setup. Be like, hey, did he go through next steps? She go through next steps? No, they just came and they started serving. Come and start serving. You don't need permission to come serve. Go up, come help us break this thing. God, when this thing gets done and come second, help us break it down. Make a difference here and you'll make a difference. You'll make a difference.